Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You heard that safe drivers get rewarded with snapshot from Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw an ad for a vintage baseball cap. And now you find yourself checking the stats of that team's second baseman in 97, wondering why his stolen base total dropped after his rookie season. Wonder how much his rookie card is worth. Yes, they said it was easy to save money with Snapshot from Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghost of the Night, a Hauntings and Paranormal podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for the Sunday live stream of Ghost of the Night. It's uh, episode number 100. Tonight we're talking about Has Ghost Adventures Jumped the Shark? That is the topic at hand, and I have some reasons to think, yes, I have. It's about time, honestly. Um, they've been around for a long time. They are one of the the grandfathers of it, and they came came along quickly after the after uh, Ghost Hunters jumped onto the scene, and they followed, and they've been around for, what, 19 seasons, probably? Yeah, 19 seasons, had well over 200 episodes, and I think it might be getting close to the end, honestly. I mean, I know their popularity is astounding. I mean, they have fanatical fans. Um, which I'm not necessarily one of them, per se, but I don't, I, I get a lot of grief. I get some heat because I am critical of them at times. I do not always agree with their findings. I do not always agree with their style. And I do not always agree with their general attitude towards the paranormal and how they portray some things sometimes. But I think, all in all, they're, it, it's good that they are... They have been around for the past 19 seasons. Um, I think they have elevated the uh, paranormal to higher, to a higher realm, essentially. I mean, the popularity of the paranormal is astounding now. There are millions of, well, I not say millions, but there are a ton of paranormal podcasts just like this one. Um, YouTube videos, the paranormal popularity is really astounding and i think they play a big role in that let's be i can't take that away from them i do think they're entertaining but i think and i've covered this in past episodes i do think we've really peaked when it comes to paranormal reality shows because that is what they are they are just paranormal reality shows they are designed to designed for entertainment they're not necessarily designed for paranormal investigators to learn from they're looking for the casual fans the people who have an interest in the paranormal and want the sensational and that is really i you can if you've watched ghost adventures over the years 
they have really kind of pushed the envelope and kind of went above and beyond when it comes to some of their claims, some of the stuff that they've put out there. And that's understandable. I, you know, I sound like I'm knocking them for that. I, they got to do what they got to do to to get people to tune in on whenever they have a new episode. And that's the name of the game. They got to get sponsorship. They got to get fill that commercial time. And I'm okay with that. I am definitely okay with them doing that. And But you have to understand what they really are. But the popularity, getting back to what we were talking about, the popularity is really impressive. I mean, they, like I said earlier, they have fanatical fans. You can't say something negative about them without getting the wrath of all these fans coming down on you. Um, I've experienced it a little bit myself, just when I've been somewhat critical of them, and that I'm okay with that. I think that's fine. But I think it's really important to understand that everything comes to an end. And I really, truly believe that things are starting to wind down for him. And something, an episode here recently has really got me thinking about this and really pushed me over the edge. So I do believe they have jumped the shark. And the moment that they jumped the shark is when they did that special a few weeks back with the Tiger King episode. And I think that is just a ploy to get viewers. And and not even a good ploy to get viewers. They are just trying to tap into that Tiger King hysteria that has taken, well, took over 2020. Because let's face it, Tiger King was a phenomenon that happened. It was a perfect storm. You know, we had the lockdowns, especially here in America. You know, people were at home. People weren't... T- had nothing to do. Like, really couldn't leave the house, so Netflix put out this uh, Tiger King show, and it took off like gangbusters, and things just went crazy. It was You couldn't go or get on any social media without being bombarded, bombarded with this at all times. And I think they're kind of piggybacking on that, which, you know, there is some reason to, I don't want to say investigate that place, but there are some things that have ha- happened there that do warrant possibly some paranormal activity could be creeping in there. And we'll get into that in this episode. But I do think this was the episode that lets you know they are reaching now. They are trying to move. They're probably struggling with some ideas. Because, you know, with 225 plus, some odd plus, I should say, episodes, you're starting to see them. They're going back to a lot of places. There's only so many... Um, paranormal hotspots in the U.S. And, you know, I'm, I know they don't do a lot of overseas investigations. I'm sure they have. I'm, nothing's, I can't think of anything right off hand. But there's only so many places in the U.S. that have activity. You know, so I'm, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point. And I think it's showing. And that is one reason for them actually going in and probably doing this Tiger King episode. So, hmm. now, I'm not going to completely trash this episode. I just think that, like I said, they're just really, you know, it's coming to an end. They're reaching a little bit. And so I wouldn't be surprised if the seasons are numbered here. I, 
would not surprise me one bit if they uh, would have ended after this season or this current season. If I'm not that familiar with when the, I know some new ones are out now. Uh, whenever this run of episodes is over, if they stop production. I mean, maybe these guys are want to go do something else and use their talents in other ways. They have to be getting a little tired of it, but it's a steady paycheck, and gotta love them for that. But this, let's get right into this Tiger King episode. And I'm not going to completely bash it. I think there were parts of that episode that were really good, and I do have some questions, and I think they uh, did some good stuff there. Because, and they brought in Bill Chappell, if any of you... If you're into the paranormal and you especially into uh, Ghost Adventures, you know that they uh, who who Bill Chapel is, and he's an engineer who designs a lot of paranormal equipment, paranormal equipment that they use, and he was on this episode to do a um experiment, which you know I'm all for. This is what we have to do to kind of gain some answers, try to actually see if we can answer some of these questions that the paranormal that are surrounding the paranormal and really because that is we are just asking questions that you know we have no idea what the answers are because it's just an opinion there's no proof there's no 100 percent locked dead dead nuts proof of the paranormal if there was it would be this would be a mute point we wouldn't be sitting here right now talking but we have to do experiments we have to actually try to do things like what Bill Chappell did in this episode to try to gain some perspective and see what is actually going on and possibly get that one piece of evidence that could, you know, not necessarily prove, but get us closer to proving what is on the other side. If there actually is an afterlife, what is the afterlife? Everybody's got an opinion, and I have my opinions on what it is, but everybody seems to not truly know these hypotheses are just that's what they are they're theories that we don't know what it is and through experiment experimenting and through pushing the envelope a little bit that is how we might shed some light on this topic and i applaud them for bringing him in i don't always agree with bill chapel i don't really use much of his stuff and i will do an upcoming episode on paranormal investigating equipment which will be the third part of the how to investigate the paranormal set of episodes but so i'm not completely how should i say this 100 i'm just a paranormal equipment kind of guy i think a lot goes into it and the more you have that's only a part of the aspect personal experience is really key to diving into the paranormal but these experiments that get done these this equipment that gets used is part of the process and does help should help enlighten people and should help proving the existence of the afterlife so bill chapel i did not necessarily disagree with them bringing them in i i think whenever you get somebody with a scientific or engineering type background to help with the paranormal kudos it's probably it's a great idea and gain it gives it a little bit more credibility rather than just a bunch of yahoos walking around with uh k2 meters and digital recorders 
So we need people like Bill Chappell to actually move the field forward. Now, one little thing that happened during the episode that uh, I kind of, which is really what my problem is when it comes to these paranormal reality shows, they were setting up for the actual experiment, which one of the guys was helping him. I don't remember. Maybe Jay, maybe Billy, I don't know. Um, I can't remember which one. They were helping him set up, and naturally, they were filming it. Um, one of the guy was holding the camera, you know, t- conversing with Chapel while he was laying this PVC pipe. And I'll kind of get into that experiment here in a little bit. That something happened during while they were talking, while they were recording, and some mist went by. And naturally, whomever was holding the camera, you know, saw it, said something about it, and Bill Chapel said he saw it as well which was interesting, but the problem I have with it, how they portrayed it and how that it was shot, the video that they used in that particular scene, you you see the mist. There's no doubt about it. You see something that looks like some kind of mist moving. But my problem is the way they showed it and the, the piece of evidence that they used to visualize that there's no way Bill Chapel could have saw it because it went it looked like it went between him hit the back of his head because he was doing something. The camera was not necessarily behind him directly, but off to the side. Um, so he, it moved between them. Unless he's got eyes in the back of the head, there's no way that he could have saw that. Now maybe it looped around and he caught it out of the corner of his eye. I'm not. I don't know. I wasn't there, so I don't completely know. Hello, Robert. Um, but that is kind of a, the issue I have with these paranormal paranormal reality shows. They do kind of push the envelope a little bit on that. Because if it was exactly how it was portrayed in the episode, there's no way Bill Chapel saw it. And that goes, that is a real problem when you investigate the paranormal. If one person says something like, ooh, I saw this, ooh, I saw that, or I heard this, or something happens and they express that, a lot of times people around them or other people they're investigating with will say they saw it just because they want to believe when they necessarily did not see it or hear it or whatever. So that's why when I investigate, I'd like to kind of keep quiet a little bit, especially if I'm in a group. If I see something out of the ordinary or I see something that could be possible activity or I hear something, not necessarily hear something, I've, but if I see something kind of weird, I don't Go, ooh, you can get all excited and say, ooh, did you see that? No, I kind of, I might mention it in passing. Did you see anything kind of weird right there? And not make a big deal of it. And then after that session is over or after that session is done, you know, I kind of bring it up, say, hey, this is what I saw. Did you guys see anything? Did anybody see anything like that at all? And that is the way I approach it because I know. A lot of times when you express something or get excited about something during an investigation, like he did, like whoever was filming, like I said, I don't know exactly which who it was or which one of them it actually was. I know it wasn't Zach or Aaron. It was one of the other two yahoos. But when they get excited about it, that other person gets amped up and naturally they're going, they might say they saw it when they really didn't see it because they want to believe it. It's something in the brain chemistry. I don't know. I'm sure you can get somebody who's an expert in that, the brain science, and, and, you know, there's an actual name for it. 
I want to say confirmation bias, but that's not that's not right. But so that that could be what happened there. And when they showed that particular scene in the episode, it makes it seem like it's really something when there is something that a mistype thing goes through there. And that is, you know, that's a good piece of evidence, but it's not definitive proof that there was something there because a lot of factors go into that, especially with mist and things like that. You know, there's a lot of environmental things that need to be tested. You know, what was humidity? What was the temperature? When, you know, there's a lot of factors that, external factors that could cause that. Not necessarily a spirit trying to manifest or whatever it was. Could have been somebody was smoking and it was just smoke rolling through. Or something to that effect. But it makes it a little bit interesting. Now, I mentioned they were setting up for an experiment, which is really what I, you know, I liked the part I liked about this particular episode. I liked this experiment. Now, I do think, personally, it has some flaws. If I'm just looking at it and taking it at face value, I think I, I applaud the effort. I think it's a good idea. But basically what he was doing, he was doing an EVP, doing some tests on EVPs, wanting to catch some EVPs. Basically what he did, he laid some pipe, PVC pipe, filled it with water, put microphones and recorders in, inside the cap to see if they could catch some EVPs. Now, this is this is interesting, and I like this because I've often, you know, there's, not me necessarily, but there are people and that are much more than me believe that water affects the paranormal. It's a great conductor, and a lot of paranormal hotspots have things to do with water whether being by a river, by a lake, on lighthouses, lighthouses, if I could speak tonight, is one perfect example of that. Or some places like that I've investigated have underground, you know, streams or underground or under or wells like post-elementary used to have a well in the basement. So there is some aspect to water in a lot of these places. And that is very interesting that maybe paranormal activity can be generated, not necessarily generated, but flow through water much easier. Maybe it amplifies it in some way. And so what he was doing with this experiment, filling that full of water and putting camera or recorders and microphones and trying to catch some EVPs. Now the problem with this, and they do catch something that was very interesting. I don't remember the exact details of what it was because EVPs are so hard especially in these shows, I don't hear. Most of the time they'll say, you know, they'll play something that they think is an EVP or some type of spirit communication through a recorder, and I don't necessarily hear it per se, but they'll always put, you know, what they think it is. And, you know, that, once they say or once they express what they think it says, that affects you as a listener. 99.9% of the time, you will hear it once if you hear, for instance, if I get a play a digital recording of, uh, just say, what I, it's a voice that says, get out. And, but it's real jarbled, it's real mumbled, you can't really make it out. It could be that, I'm not saying, you know, I say it, hey, this is what I hear. I hear, get out. And you hear all these um, investigators do this, especially in their big reveals. When they play an EVP, they will play it, person doesn't really... Here, uh, don't, I can't make it out, but they'll say, well, here's what I think. Say, so let's say get out. 
then that person says, play it again. And 99.9% of the time they say, oh yeah, I do hear that now. That's just your mind wanting to connect some dots. And you kind of being or agreeing with them on that. So it's not 100% proof. Now, if I get more out of it, if I play an EVP for somebody, I don't tell them what I think it says. I let them make their judgment. And it's, what do you think it says? Just, you know, tell me what you think it says. And if they come to the same conclusion, not, if they hear the same thing I heard, okay, that's a little, that's that's good. That's what I want. But if I say, hey, this is what I think it says, when they don't really hear anything or they can't really make out what they're hearing and they agree with me, I take that less. I don't think that is the best proof of anything. So that is a real issue. And EVPs are hard. They're good pieces of evidence, but you have to be really in control of the environment and know what's around you. Especially depending on what location you're at, you know, know the external factors that are going on. If you are in a building or an apartment building, you know there's possible contamination. You know there's things you can see or things you'll hear that might seem paranormal but aren't truly paranormal because of noise contamination, of cars, trucks going by or whatever. And what this experiment was designed to do, I guess, was to... Hopefully, magnify it with the water, which, like I said, great idea, great concept. I like that idea. But also, you know, it kind of, they were trying to limit the contamination, which is always a good thing. My issue with this, I don't know exactly. They were using PVC pipe. Just, if you go in your basement, odds are you've, you have PVC pipe running in your basement that's taking drain, you know, water to the sewer system. Now, this, anybody that knows anything about sound knows that sound is a vibration. Sound is a wave. It travels. And it can go through objects. It can go through wood. If you soundproof something, you have to do many layers because that breaks down the sound wave. And it's going to break it through the first layer. And every layer it has to go through, and different type of layer it has to go through, it cuts down that way to where hopefully you don't hear anything. Now, I don't know what exactly. I don't know how sound travels through a PVC pipe, like through the exterior wall. I'm, I bet my bottom dollar that way, those waves do make it through to a certain extent that PVC wall and gets in the water and travels and echoes and goes through the, the pipe. So, there is a chance for some outside contamination. Or, especially in this particular episode with all the animals around and all the people around, because they weren't the only ones there. Naturally, the whatever his name is who runs it or owns it now, they, you know, you can't 100% say that it wasn't one of those animals kind of making a noise. It kind of sounds like a word by the time it gets to the recorder, it's just, I applaud the effort, but it's just one of those things that I'm not 100%, I can't, how can I say this, I mean, I applaud the effort, but it's not 100% proof, it's interesting, but not 100% proof, and that's the problem with the paranormal, nothing, 
can always, nothing will ever be 100%. There's always going to be some question, some thing you have to look at and say, well, it could be that, it could be this, it could be that. And that's what a good investigator does. That's what you need to do. So I applaud the effort, but it's not a perfect experiment, in my opinion. Now, he's smarter than me. There's no doubt about that. He's a much smarter than I am. So I think it's a good effort, and I think it, it is much better than this holding a digital recorder, especially with the water factor. I love that concept of the water, because I do believe there is something to that. I've invested a lot of places with water as a common, denom common denominator, and that is really something to, peep, I think, a lot of paranormal investigators ought to look into and think about is the water factor. Are there underground streams? Or is there an actual body of water? Is there a well that could help magnify the energy and lets that energy flow a little bit and possibly help with getting or experiencing the paranormal? And it's something that I tend to, I want to look into a little bit more. But the one thing about this episode, or that I'm, I, I don't want to say I dislike, I think it's a little early, is if you've watched those episodes, you know that uh, a young man died. He accidentally shot himself. Now, that might be a little, it might be a little early to dive into that and exploit that. I think the wounds, I know the wounds for the family will never go away, but they might be a little fresh to have to deal with something like this and especially the people that you can see the emotion of the people who they interviewed that worked there and who worked there during the time who knew this they you can you can feel the emotion and feel their pain and sense their pain and sense their agony and sense the despair over what happened and that is that definitely affects the the energy of the place that that all feeds into the paranormal. And I'm big on energy when it comes. I think the paranormal is energy. I think we are energy. And what energy we put out there uh, does affect the environment and, and enables us to pick up on certain things, whether it be, you know, an aberration or whatever. Our energy that we are putting out interacts with that energy of the location, the residual energy that has been left there, and that's it goes into a big soup, and that is what we get. So there's no doubt there's some weird energy there, negative energy, not as in demonic or anything such as that, but as an energy that really is makes it ripe for paranormal activity. But like I said, it might be a little bit too soon. For I know it happened probably a few years ago with the recording of the Tiger King and then this. I don't know exact date, but it's still fresh in the minds, which is a little, it does explore it a little bit. But like I said, it's ripe for paranormal activity. And I think that is very, I mean, that is one reason to really investigate that place because there was an accidental death. And that does, could make for a soul that's not ready to go or wasn't ready to go and could linger on or could 
the energy of that accidental death could imprint on the area and cause a residual type haunting. So that is a good reason to investigate, and that is a good explanation for some of the activity. And there's been people are seeing things, people are experiencing those things in that zoo. So we can't discount that. I think a lot of it is because of that energy. And they kind of hinted about some darker stuff that maybe whatever his name is, Joe Exotic was into could play a role, and that does affect the atmosphere, could create a thin spot for per se or whatever. But I do think there's some weird stuff going on there and quite possibly could be something there. I just don't know what, and I don't know to what extent. So that is another thing that's, you know, I liked about the episode to a certain extent. But it's not 100% proof. Now, another issue I would have with this, and we're about done. This is going to be a shorter episode than normal because it's a Sunday live show and got some things to do. But another thing I didn't like about that episode was if you watch it toward the end, and we all know if you watch the show, you know all know who Alan is. Alan is the one who basically he hired to go kill or to yeah assassinate kill whatever Carol Baskins. He's still on the property. He still works there with the new whatever his name is, new guy. And there's one scene. He's the trailer that he lives in. Is having some activity. Naturally, that's a location they want to investigate. Whenever you go to a location, you question, say, hey, where's the activity? And you, if a place has, or a certain section has activity, you want to investigate there. That is 100% real, and that is what you need to do as a paranormal investigator. But the thing is, when they showed it on the, the, uh, episode, you know, they're, they make a note to saying that, you know, reluctantly, Alan agreed to let them come in there and investigate, that he would leave, and uh, they would go investigate. TV was on, the door was open, it was so set up, it wasn't even funny. They walk in, they get, they're kind of just walking around, and the bed's right there with the TV on, and then... All of a sudden, the bedspread move. The bed comforter on the bed moves, and naturally, Aaron freaks out because that's what Aaron does. He freaks out and runs out. So they make a big deal that Alan's still there, and then they say, "Well, we're just going to go investigate anyway." And they apparently go in there, and it's they break it up a little bit between different shots, and going to Zach and going to some, you know, other areas of but they make it look like they go in there and do a little bit little a little investigation so here's my problem i'm going to have to call bs on that one i would almost bet my bottom dollar they knew he was that was acting they knew he was going to be in there alan was in on it because let's let's be honest if alan knowing what we know about him if that scenario played out exactly how it was spo- how they portrayed it. He was supposed to be gone. He wasn't. Of course, why would you be sleeping with 
the front door wide open. Well, if he there, but if that scenario played out exactly how they said it was prior to them going back in and actually investigating, here's my problem. We know who Alan is. We know what type of person Alan is. Alan is. This is a man who was paid to kill somebody. Who technically, if you want to get, he agreed to it. I watched the show. He agreed to do it and was actually going out and then backed out. Not exactly a model citizen. I don't think neither one of those young men had the balls to actually go in there and investigate. If they realized he was in there, knowing what type of person he is, nothing against him. He's a little rough around the edges. And wouldn't, if somebody was in his home, he, he woke up in a, from asleep, I don't think I would be, be want to be in there. And I'm pretty sure that was all staged. That is my problem with these paranormal reality shows, is that they are staged. A lot of, they, they're looking for the excitement. They're looking for that little thing that draws you in and moves you towards watching past the commercial break. And that was, that was a perfect example of it. Now, I might be wrong. I might be 100% wrong. That was, excuse me, completely done as, or how they portrayed it was 100% real. Maybe. I ain't buying it. I would say no. If I had to bet the mortgage on it, I'm going to say no. That was done for our benefit to keep us glued to the screen. So, that's my problem with Paranormal Reality Shows, and that's my problem with Ghost Adventures. That's my problem with most 90% of these Paranormal Reality Shows, because I look at them through the eyes of a somebody who has done Paranormal Investigation. Now, if I've never done a paranormal investigation, if I just like the paranormal and have experienced it in my own home, I would love those shows. But I know how an investigation really is. I know exactly what needs to be done during an investigation, and I know how they work. That's not paranormal reality shows, ghost adventures. That's not how a paranormal investigation is or how it works. It doesn't work like that. You don't get an abundance of evidence in 45 minutes. You have to spend more than an hour or two in these places. Sometimes you have to spend eight hours in there or three to eight or whatever and go back multiple times to get the kind of evidence that they are putting out in, you know, 45 minutes. Because if they just went in there for three hours and showed their evidence for a three-hour period and condense it down to 45 minutes, they'd be hard-pressed to get all that information. Not, not, not always. I've been in some locations that were extremely active, and I could probably fill 40, 45 to 42 minutes pretty easy. But I've also been in locations where I've spent seven hours in, and I'd be lucky to get a five-minute video out of. It's just a crapshoot. You don't always know what you're going to get, and that is something you have to keep in mind. That is something you have to know. You have to look at it that way. And you have to go into it with that effect. Or with that in mind, I should say. And they don't represent paranormal investigating 100%. It's a little false. Because it's entertainment-based. It's entertainment television. It's paranormal WWE. 
That's what these paranormal reality shows are. And God love them for it. I enjoy most of them. I mean, there's a few that I actually freaking like. I Ghost Avengers, I watched probably the first 10, 11 seasons religiously. Now, not so much. I've kind of moved on from it. I mean, what I do watch is mainly for this podcast. So that is going to finish up my has Ghost Adventures jumped the shark? Absolutely they have, in my opinion. And if you don't know what jump the shark means, I can't talk to you. Just go ahead and quit watching or quit listening. But I would not be surprised if their time is numbered, they're going to call it quits. And this is a type of episode to prove that the clock's ticking and it probably won't be around much longer. And let's be honest, the whole paranormal bubble is about to bust, probably. There's way too much. It's too, the space is too crowded. It's too hyped up now. And I really think that in the next couple of years, we're going to see the swing back. And there's not going to be as much paranormal reality shows. Travel Channel is going to have to reformat. So, like I said, that's going to wrap it up. I'm extremely glad you took the time to listen to this podcast. Um, if you join live, thank you very much. When I go live, it'll be Sundays, generally between 7 or 8 o'clock. I want to try to get these out earlier, so I'm going to try to go between 7 and 7.30 every Sunday now and still do another episode through the week that will come out later on in the week. This episode, if you're listening to it or watching live, then you know that this episode will be on my podcast feed probably Monday. I uh, greatly appreciate all the support I get from everybody who listens to this. The numbers are growing. Now, I do do these live on Facebook. Tonight, I tried to do it on Facebook and YouTube, um, but some for some reason, I could not go live on Facebook with one of the cameras that I always go live on, and there was a malfunction, so I had to go live on Facebook with the webcam, which I was going to use for uh, YouTube, so I'm going to try to work that out, and when I do go live, hopefully in the future, it'll be on Facebook or on YouTube, either one. But, so we just went the old-fashioned way. So, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, if you want to send me an email, my email address is gitnpodcast at gmail.com. That is really the best way to get a hold of me. If you want to support the podcast, just go to patreon.com slash gitnpodcast. It's a great way to get some extra material or extra content and throw me a little support if you want. If not, you don't even have to throw support. You still get all the episodes that you would get on YouTube or on my RSS feed, or the podcast feed. They're on there as well, so you get all the videos. If you don't like YouTube, that's a great place to watch the videos for each episode. But if you want to throw some support, you can do it that way. Um, go to the website where you can get all the show notes for the episode at ghostinthenightpodcast.com. I do have some uh, a Spreadshirt account with some paranormal merchandise. That is another good way, but also don't forget to follow me on Twitter at night underscore ghost. It's where I pretty much post all this stuff for this podcast, what's coming up, when I go live. More often than not, you can follow me on Facebook. If you want the podcast or the live feed, just search Ghost in the Night Podcast. But I think that's going to wrap this one up. It's a little shorter, I know, but I think I got my point across. Let me know what you think. If you think I'm crazy, if you think Ghost Adventures will be around forever. We're going to agree to disagree. And 
don't get me wrong, I don't hate Zach and any of them. They are what they are. And they are being true to themselves and what their medium is. That is what the Paranormal Reality Show is supposed to be. It's supposed to be entertainment. It's supposed to keep me entertained. And sometimes that does mean pushing the envelope when it comes to evil and to demonic and things such as that. But it is what it is. But I think that's going to wrap it up, like I said. So don't forget, follow, subscribe, share it with a friend. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks for everybody that joined me on the live stream. And I think that's going to wrap it up. So take care, everybody, and we'll see you next week. presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. Hi, I'm Tia. The upstairs-downstairs neighbor dynamic is so special. We have our own language. Like when I scream at my mom on the phone, the people downstairs bang on the ceiling to show their support. The nighttime's the best time to rearrange furniture. I call it midnight feng shui. And if I sleep through my alarm in the morning, they bang on my door to wake me. So thoughtful. Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor, but we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it.